Are you ready to dive into a world of captivating stories, laughter, and enlightenment? Look no further than Unfiltered Studios, your gateway to an incredible podcasting experience. Join St. Joe on Nailed It as he explores life's victories, one nail at a time. Petals of Support brings you heartwarming tales that remind us, even in the darkest moments, there's beauty and hope. Get ready to be entertained by the wit and humor of The Sleevy G Show, where interviews are always fascinating. Need a good laugh? Tune in to Refiltered, our comedy podcast that's sure to tickle your funny bone. Discover inner peace and guidance on Finding Your Way, a spiritual podcast that nurtures your soul. Relax your mind and body with hypno-wellness, your path to a healthier, more balanced life. Love movies? Movie Lovers Unite is your passport to a world of cinematic wonders. Immerse yourself in the magic of storytelling, laughter, and enlightenment as you're taken on a journey through the fascinating realm of movies and television. And don't forget the Stupid History Minute, where we uncover the quirkiest stories of everyday items. Unfiltered Studios is your destination for diverse, engaging content. Subscribe now and join the podcasting revolution. Unfiltered Studios, where every story finds its voice. Visit unfpod.com today. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the best laying out of the Capri movies of all time. This is actually going to be our like NFL draft of of movies of all time for Leonardo DiCaprio. I hope that you guys enjoy this segment just as much as we love doing this uh, best of all time movies for Leonardo DiCaprio. Without further ado, let's get on with the show and may the best person win. And hey guys, welcome to the show. What's up? What's up? It's been long. I'm glad to actually have you guys back on here. Far, far, far too long. For January, this is actually uh, exciting for me. I'm glad that you guys wanted to do this whenever I pitched this idea. So, you know, when you look at Leonardo DiCaprio's filmography, he's got 42 edits to his name. Plus, he's also got some stuff in development. But we're not going to go with any into 2023. We're only going to talk about his older films. And not only that, but here's a little bit of a twist, guys. And we're only going to talk about the not his performance, but the direction and the storytelling within the movie itself, not his performance. So that's gotcha. how this game is going to go. So with further ado, let's go on ahead. Let's open this up. So, guys, we have some of the best teams on here for the first round. So, first off, we have Django Unchained versus Blood Diamond for round one. Then we also have Shutter Island versus The Departed, Romeo and Juliet versus Gangs of New York, Titanic versus The Revenant, Basketball Diaries versus The Wolf of Wall Street, Inception, and then The Man in the Iron Mask, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Catch Me If You Can versus The Aviator. So, guys, so when you look at Django Unchained versus Blood Diamond, what do you you think uh, is the better and direction it, that's a tough it, it, a lot of these are tough ones i shouldn't even yeah. say this one is tough there's a lot of tough decisions on this one um it's kind of difficult to say specifically on this one because you know the blood diamond one is just a gut-wrenching story of you know yeah. tales of sarah leone and all these you know misfortunes and shit as well as uh you know leo's character dealing with it all and then you have django unchained which is you know a banger of a fucking cast uh i mean the whole yeah. story from start to finish 
finish beautifully done. It's a tough one. I don't know, man. Don? Yeah, I mean, again, I'm trying to think of this, like you said, from a director and story point of view. <clears throat> and wow, it's a tough one, man. Um, I mean, Blood Diamond tells a great story, but I just, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm just, I, I love the way Tarantino tells a story, just the way he kind of, you know, goes back in time, kind of, you know, flops around in time or, you know, so wow. Yeah, I'm, man, Django Unchained or Blood Diamond. I think if I had to pick one, I'd go with Blood with uh, Django Unchained, but man, that's a tough pick because I love Blood Diamond. I think it's a really good. I movie. do too. And I think and I think he picks these movies where he can really do something with it, you know, and he oh, really does easily. So he's always up for a challenge. We for crying out yeah. loud, he slept on a horse naked just to get an Academy Award for The Revenant. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, and the, yeah. the scene where like the one scene that everyone always talked about, and it's an amazing scene. I'm sure you guys and you know exactly what I'm about to say, but where he accidentally cuts himself and yeah. does not break character does not break scene i mean yeah. it's like how do you actually like and i mean clear cut across mm -hmm. his hand oh and just did not fucking falter just kept it in kept it going and like the best part is like the fear of dread when he wipes his hand on her face is so oh, real because yeah. she's like what the <laughs> fuck did he just touch me with his fucking hand yeah. i can see tarantino just keep on rolling the camera yeah this looks good this looks real good oh, good job Leo. you know it that was like oh this is the money this is, this the, is the money, money shot <laughs> Forget about for the feet. Sure. Forget about the feet. <laughs> But, the, problem, the problem for me is with Blood Diamond, really the only thing that I kind of remember right now, at least because I haven't seen it in a while, is that big, you know, end fight scene, which is really cool when he, you know, oh, yeah. storms the camp and, you know, all that. It's really fun scene, fun, but it's a good scene. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, Django and Chain is just so memorable. There's so many memorable yes. parts in it, you know, with the, where they get the, the uh, dudes to circle around and he shoots the two. Right. But yeah, but yeah man it's so tough yeah okay I, but I, I agree i think i'd I'd have to especially storytelling wise just the whole arc from beginning to end how django unchained has a, a multitude of like different character development and arcs through it you know what i mean uh i i, I think django probably will have to do it for me yeah. okay so to piggyback off of you both and everything i have to agree i have to go with what's rewatchable for me and that's what makes it um, for yeah. me for Django Unchained because of the fact that it is rewatchable. You always wind up seeing something that you didn't see before. It's a fun, it's not exactly a fun movie, but it's entertaining in a sense of a different spin on slavery that Quintino has, which is something I thought that was very interesting on how he did that. But I also like, like uh, Jason said, I also like that one scene where Leo cuts his hand and then you have uh, him wiping his hand on the woman's face. Then you also have the uh, basically Samuel Jackson playing the caretaker and he and they have that history together and the chemistry between Leo and Sam is just fantastic oh, as well. But yeah. yeah, it's memorable. The quotes are memorable as well. There's also the KKK thing with Jonah Hill and things yeah. like that too. Oh my god, it's uh, one of the funniest jokes ever. The eye holes. <laughs> right. <laughs> my wife I, made can't that. I can't see shit in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with Django Unchained. So yeah. That's going to make my list for round two for Django. I might have to rewatch Blood Diamond again. Though. Me too. Because again, yeah. here's the thing. For me, with Blood Diamond and stuff like that, it wasn't as rewatchable as Django. Yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. The fight choreography, like you mentioned, Don, was fantastic. The story itself is good. But is it making me want to say, okay, 
it was I a little too emotional within this film itself to where I'm like, is it just a one-time watch for me? Because I was like that with 12 Years of Slave, for example, where I watched that film and I was just wore out by the end of it to the point where I was like, you know what? I don't want to invest my time for anything else. And that's maybe what I felt like with Blood Diamond because I only rented it from the movie gallery once and I didn't go back to watch it again. So Django yeah. for me is the most memorable thing, memorable thing for me. So that's yeah. why I'm going with that. And he's moving into number two. And I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry, Blood Diamond. They fought a good fight. They played their best out there. It's just that Django just went on ahead and whooped their ass. They did. And they clearly were unchained. Yep. Yes. And he was unchained. So therefore, he moves over to round two. <clears throat> and so Shutter Island versus The Departed. Ah. Oof. What's the name? Him. The name of The Departed? Departed. So... Here's the thing with me, okay? So I didn't enjoy Shutter Island like the way I wanted it to because I was able to predict it, predict the twist mm -hmm. in the movie, in the trailer. Yep. I remember yeah. seeing the trailer. I looked over at my friend Kevin. I said, dude, I'm just shaking my head. He goes, this looks good, don't I? I said, it looks like shit. He goes, why? I, said, fan, I tried to sit through it and like you, I didn't I didn't figure it out from the trailer, but like literally within, you know, as soon as you understand what the story is and what's going on, like literally I was like, oh, this is obviously, this is so obvious. <laughs> right? Okay. No, this is more Scorsese trying to do he a plot created. twist. I won't say that. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's cool. But no, I looked at him. I'm like, this looks like dog shit. This looks like shit. He goes, what do you mean? I said, he's the mental, he's the mental patient. Inside mm -hmm. the inside the asylum. How do you know that? Let's see here. An undercover cop going into an asylum. Oh my god, there's a murder being taken place. Is it real? Is it not real? We don't know. Supposedly we don't know, but we know. So yeah. therefore, he's gonna be the he's the mental case inside the mental asylum. So yeah. So Marshall Stacey's trying to do him uh this no kind of thing, which I like the fact that he's doing this kind of detective story and things like that with Leo. I definitely like that idea. Sure. And then sure. him trying to do a plot twist, and it just doesn't work for me. And I understand that we're doing Marshall Stacey versus Marshall Stacey right now, but um, I will say that the, yeah. the directing is obviously amazing. I mean, it's it's Scorsese, yeah. and he is great at what he does. And like you said, the noir feel that he gives to this movie, it, I mean, it's an amazing aesthetic movie. You know, look to, to watch. It's it's really fun. But, yeah, it's just, I don't think story-wise it holds up. And I think that's, you know, that's yeah. one of the criteria we're going by. So, yeah. And again, this is this is another one where The Departed um, has a yeah. bang-up of a cast, not just Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, a great story. and this, you know what they have that, uh, what do you call, uh, Shutter Island doesn't have micro processes, <laughs> micro processes, exactly. and a tail. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But no, yeah, the Departed is a way better movie through and yes. through. Storyline. Yeah. Oh, that man. ending is so great, man. That ending to that movie is so great. It's so you amazing. Because you just kind of. You, you know something like that's going to happen, but you don't expect who's doing it. Yeah, yeah. When Mark Wahlberg comes out of nowhere and just kind of cleans up house, you're just kind of like, really? Dude, I mean, that movie is a roller coaster from beginning to end, and the story Start just draws you in. It, it really does. The story is so amazing because, again, Mark Wahlberg, Leonardo DiCaprio, I mean, we're, we're dealing with some of the you know best actors, and they are just good at what they do, and just all of mm -hmm. them are. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, okay, the the casting is fantastic. You have Jack Nicholson playing the yeah. Irish mobster. You yeah. have Alec Baldwin. You have Marky yeah. Mark. You have yeah. Renato. You also have Matt Damon. 
and you're not sure at first how these characters fit into this world that he's made. And this is a remake of Infernal Affairs. So oh, okay. remake for Marshall Stacy to do a remake and do make it fresh to make it different. I, I enjoyed it. I like the whole entire cat and mouse game oh, yeah. where you're not sure if Leo's going to get caught or not because he's not undercover informant. And of course, you also have uh, Marky Mark and, uh, and of course, uh, Charlie Sheen's father um, basically calling him out on his own BS because, look, you're a, you're a person trying to pretend to be a cop. So if you're trying to be a, pretend to be a cop, we're just going to send you to be undercover. Yeah. So I like that idea. And then you have Matt Damon, who's supposed to be like a straight edge. And nobody Dude, knows that he works Matt for. Is the best of that yeah. movie. He really. Oh is the yeah. Best of that movie. The way <laughs> he so gets brilliant. the woman though, and the elevator is so smooth. Oh yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> he goes, yeah. if I have to, do I have to arrest everybody in this elevator. But yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, then of course, you know, the soundtrack itself is good. You have Pink oh, Floyd. God, you yes. have Comfortably Numb playing. Right. To start it now. To start it Drop off kick with Murphy's. fucking Dropkick Murphy shipping off to Boston. Like, what a way to start a fuck. And that fight scene that Leo does taking down Frank's men inside the inside the diner, though, too. And everything. Oh, yeah. And then Frenchie goes, that's almost a guy that you can't touch. <laughs> that's a guy you can't you almost can't not touch. touch. <laughs> yeah. I like when yeah. it, the yeah. fact that they break his, they re-break the cast in his fucking hand. Dude, just yeah, to prove shit, right? he has no wire. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my god. I was just like, <sighs> my arm was hurting me. Mm. I'm like, I've broken my hand. So to fucking just imagine someone beating the cast off of it. Mm. And then, then just also, tosses them a few hundred, like, go get yourself fixed. And then Jack Nicholson go up, uh, goes up to him and, go, and he's trying to talk about how people eat in a restaurant and f- makes them look like rats. Oh my God. Yes. I forgot about that scene. Yes. <laughs> Those I was talking about. Holy shit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> eat something. Yeah. That yeah. whole movie. Oh man. Start yeah. to finish. Yeah, absolutely. Beginning to end, it's so great. It's so great. I think we're we're in clear decision on this one. Yeah, I think this one was pretty easy, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Well, sorry, Shutter Island. You got shot out by the deposit. <laughs> um, so you played a good game just like Blood Diamond did, but sorry. Uh sorry, my dude. Adios. So we actually have The Departed moving over into round two. So now we have Romeo and Juliet versus Gangs of New York. Ooh. Now, this is a the same a story, one. but in a different way. Like, you know what I mean? Almost like, yeah, like very because the Gangs of New York obviously is more focused on the, but there's the, the love story is still good at that yes. movie. So, oh so, man. Oh. I'm, okay, so, I'm so partial because I love John Leguizamo also. So them two together mm-hmm. is so freaking yes. amazing. Here's movie. what I will say. I lean more towards Gangs of New York okay. for one reason. Okay. Um, well, two. One, Romeo and Juliet is a tale that has been told umpteen gazillion times. Yes, sure. it's a new spin Yeah, but not with it. guns. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a, a, a new modern version, but for Christ's sakes... My fucking high school, we did a play where we rewrote fucking Romeo and Juliet of our own, like in modern day. Like, this thing has been told so many different times. Sure. Um, whereas the, 
Gangs of New York, the entire story is not just based off of their, you know, love story. It's it's a real kind of story of how the found like almost how the founding of New York gangs and like essentially their culture was all started. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I I lean more towards the gangs of New York because it's not if we're going off of story and direction. This is not just a love story. It's more, it's deeper than that. Man. I, yeah. I mean, it also kind of has an unfair advantage because it's so long. Gotcha. And, and, and again, I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's just a longer movie. There's more to it. There's more detail. There's more, you know, but Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. You know, the story. I mean, there's a lot of cool twists that they do with it. And there's a lot of fun things with the guns um, and that kind of stuff. But yeah, overall, and like, I kind of agree with you on that. I think I agree with you on that. And this. what John kind of said about the last one we were talking about, like the rewatchability is yeah. not there with Romeo and Juliet. I oh, no, I don't, oh, I don't know if I would say that. I I, the rewatchability for me is there, but yeah. it's not enough for me to pull me in. I mean, it's not a movie I'm going to go like, oh, I have to watch it. But yeah, if I see it, I'm going to be, oh, I'll, touch it. I'll watch it again. Yeah, I like that movie. I watched I it in theater class. <laughs> yeah. And, and look, young Leo was freaking amazing like older leo is awesome but younger leo was fucking amazing man he did some really good stuff in the younger years like oh yeah oh yeah yeah catch me and but here's another thing though too that i really like about gangs of new york okay yes it's a historical film but you have five points of view from gangs of 1862 showing up into this one film and putting all this stuff in it, and you're not sure how it's linked up and how it's going to sink in towards the end of it. It has like, for me, it has like a slow build to get to that. It's like, um, for example, Crash, but in 1862, where you're not sure how everything is going to connect until you get to that point. Yeah, see, I mean, I don't have that feeling. I do like the build up. I like the way the the movie kind of progresses. Um, but yeah, I, again, I just, I do think. Overall, the better story is Gangs of New York, and that fight scene is freaking amazing, man! Oh mm-hmm. my god, that fight scene is. <laughs> and there's that gas film station film. scene in Romeo and Juliet, though, too. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. Oh no, there's some really great scenes in Romeo and Juliet for sure. Yeah, right. I'm not knocking Romeo and Juliet because there's a lot of yeah. meat there that I really do like. Um, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I don't think any of these are knocks on the other movie. You know, it's hard. It's, no. it's, it's hard. <laughs> like I said, the reasons why I chose Gangs of New York were just because of like the, the, the depth of the actual story to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas like, like I said, the Romeo and Juliet, it's a great film. I, you know, it's yeah. just not the the storyline isn't as deep and it doesn't it's not as, it's just clear cut kind of you understand like right. it's just well, basic love story come yeah. in with, with it i mean there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of depth to that story i agree there is yeah. so if i have to choose between which one i like i want to go with if i'm going to go with romeo and juliet i'm going with nostalgia i'm not choosing yeah. it because of the fact that i like it for the rewatchability and therefore i'm wa- choosing it for the wrong reason yeah. So I'm I'm gonna have to go with Gangs of New York over Love. <laughs> yeah. But I Gangs love New York. I, mean, or I love Romeo and Juliet. So please watch that if you have never seen it, guys. It is amazing. <laughs> you love that movie. Yes, I, I do. Was, agree. I was awesome, and so is and Leo is Leo. <laughs> Leo's Leo. So Leo. Leo. Austin Powers. So gangs, oh, so gangs of New York moves into round two. Yep, yep. They beat up on Love and, and Leonardo. Gang violence. Gangs, yep. The gang lifestyle took out Love again. 
Yep. And this time, Leo, this time, Romeo didn't have to poison himself to do it. No, he didn't. It's just the extended cut. (laughs) (laughs) But um, before we get to that, I do have a little bit of a. This this sponsor is actually sponsored is the unofficial official sponsorship of Movie Lovers Unite. It's called Nuka Cola. Oh, love me a cold Nuka Cola. Oh yeah, I always love just grabbing a thing of uh, Nuka Cola. Whenever I'm at playing uh, first person, of course, you know, in a video game and things like that, just to chill on a nice Saturday. You know what I mean, guys? Oh, but this is it already has 120% of my sugar needed. I, I'm, you know, that, that's not enough. I need more sugar than that. Well, let me just let me just drop in what my sponsor has to say about it. <laughs> Friends, there's a beverage coming out of the horizon that's going to give you that sweet, full body taste you've always wanted. It's got that caffeine that'll put a pep in your step. It's got that flavor that'll make your mouth go pop. It's got that sweetness that'll make you forego all other refreshments. That's right, folks. We're talking about Nuka Cola that's being developed in our lab right now. Our focus groups have determined that Nuka Cola is the greatest soft drink ever developed. And with an excessive amount of caffeine and 120%, the recommended daily amount of sugar, Nuka Cola is guaranteed to keep you awake for your late night gaming sessions. This amazingly delicious and refreshing drink, whether served ice cold, lukewarm, or hot out of the microwave, is perfect for those overnight drives from New York City to Denver, Colorado. Nuka Cola will go perfectly with everything from medium steak and potatoes to cheesecake and popcorn. It's great for all occasions from bar mitzvahs to funerals. It's yummy for all ages from premature babies to your 101-year-old grandma. That's right, folks. Nuka Cola is on its way, and it's the greatest soft drink that you've ever tried. Nuka Cola. It just tastes good, 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 good. And I believe right. that was our spokesperson having a heart attack right there. I think it's yeah, yeah. That would actually be one of my good friends from Back Looks in the Podcast. Uh Zoe, thank you so much for sending that in for me, man, for doing that uh sponsorship. Uh please go and see a heart surgeon right away, sir. Yes, please, please. So okay, so now we're gonna move on to Let's see here. We've got Titanic versus The Revenant. (laughs) All right. I'm just going to go ahead and get out of the way what I have to say. I will never, ever, 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 ever watch Titanic again. I have watched it once. I will never watch it again. It is the most overrated, long, boring, dry movie I have ever seen in my life. The fact that it's not dry, it's wet. Hey, I was going to say, those people were not dry whatsoever. I do no. not need two and a half hours of a boring love story, and then at the end, give me the the some of the. Come on now, movies. you didn't paint her like Revenant one of your wins French by far. You didn't want to see boobs. Revenant <laughs> wins by far. I, I I hope I hope the jewel of the sea or whatever the hell it's called is is never found. I hope she drowns actually in that sub trying to get it. Old hag left him in the water like that. This is what I will say. I. I, I do kind of agree with Don. I think Titanic is one of the most overrated movies of all time. Um, I know. I, I listen. I'm sorry. I agree. I think, like I said, Titanic is one of the most overrated movies of all time. Everyone thinks it's like the best movie ever. It's a good movie, but it's very overrated to be on like people's top film lists, in my opinion. But also, this is the thing. Like I said before we started this, uh, fine. You want to say that they both couldn't float on that door at the same time? Sure. Whatever. You could have taken turns, you selfish bitch. Mm-hmm. You 100% could have taken se- turns. Like, why did why did he have to go? For- 
you should have just froze for a little bit and then switched with him and what's then switch back. What's his name? Oh, what the hell's his name? The dude from Twister that's in it. Um, oh, oh, the, oh um, I know who you're talking about. Um, oh my god, why am I blanking on his name? Timothy, yeah, not yeah. Timothy Oliphant. Um, no, no. Um, what's his name? Should have pushed her off the back of that boat at the end. But I do have to say this. I do. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Yeah, yes. that's it. That's oh my god. Yes. Yes. Gotcha, bud. Thank you. But I do have to say this, though, about Titanic, is the fact that the whole entire fact that they used the miniature thing to um, structure sets and stuff like that to yeah. do, to pull that stuff off whenever they're getting ready to sync was really good. Um, the oh, story apparently, is 100% accurate as far as, like, how it looked. Like, they literally went through and, like, old pictures, everything to get it as, like, accurate as possible to what it looked like at the time, so... I've seen this movie like 10 times as a kid in 97, like whenever it was on VHS. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I, I once, even, I, yeah, that was enough for you. You, you sunk just like the Titanic. But, yep. you know, I, I, I like the structure. I like the story. I'm not the story itself, but I like the whole entire structure of the ship. I like that. I like. I like Everything. the guy hitting the, the metal pole on the way down when he falls. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that made me laugh, though. I have to. I have like, uh, Yeah, it is. Especially the sound effects. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one, though, Don. It's actually overrated. It's not something I really like. It's not my go to movie to watch or anything like that either. Um. Yeah. And also, honestly, <clears throat> look, Titanic is, is obviously a lot of people love the movie, but. The story for me, again, just falls very short. Um, so, yeah, The Revenant is just a more watchable movie to me. And what he pulls off with the lighting using natural, only natural light in that movie, pretty amazing. Pretty freaking Could you imagine? Like, because the beautiful. timing has to be perfect. Yeah. Like, you, there is no, like, you only get one take for that shot. Yep. Like, for that day. I, you, otherwise, guess what? You want that sun, that sun to hit just right? You got to wait till tomorrow. Well, guess what? Tomorrow it's raining. Yep. Exactly. But yeah, I, I think what he pulled off in that movie, and I do think it's a really good story, so I, I, I would honestly pick this over Titanic just e in general, I think. Yes, again, if we're going off of story and just the way that's told and how we get through it, The Revenant is a, a way better story start to finish. Yeah, Right, because I mean, you have Tom Hardy in this movie. You also oh, have yeah. Yeah. the fact that Leo ended up getting killed uh, hurt by a beer, tore him to, to shreds. Shreds, yeah. <laughs> and he's weak. So you're on, he's basically on death's door. And this whole entire time, you're hoping that he makes it. But at the same time, you're hoping that his own people don't try and kill him either. Because they yeah. think of him as weak. They don't like him. They want to kill him at every chance that they get. So yeah. you're on edge just as much as uh, he's on edge. And you're hoping that he survives it. And then, of course, him cutting out the insides of a horse and then try to keep warm yep, yep. and gets naked he and pulled the Han solo he pulled the Han solo <laughs> yeah but i like how it turns into like a revenge story on with tom hardy and yeah. and the yeah. way that it ends oh my god oh, I, I, yeah oh no i was agreeing with you no that that ending is amazing um jason uh no i get i completely agree like i said that movie just the the way they sold it, like we said earlier, the, the natural lighting, just every scene just kind of looked beautiful. And to do it yeah. in the snow, to film like that in that fucking harsh ass weather is absolutely insane. And it, it clearly pays off because 
the scenes are just beautiful. I definitely agree with you. The scenes are beautiful. The landscape is beautiful on it. The ca- the lighting, like you mentioned, uh, cinematography on par. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah I'm a really great to, movie all around. So, it looks like the beer took down Titanic. Yes, it and, did. And, uh, you know. So that's what really sunk it. It wasn't an iceberg. <laughs> it was a bear. knew it. He killed Rose. He killed Jack. He killed everyone else on board before the Titanic could sink. And now it becomes ghost ship. It's so, cocaine bear. That's what it was. Cocaine bear just went nuts and sunk the Titanic. Oh, That's my God. That, uh, this was cocaine polar bear. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll tell you what um, that, that they actually needed, though. They needed the big kahuna burger. <laughs> oh, shoot. And they are actually another one of our official, unofficial sponsorships from Movie Lovers Unite as well. And you know who likes going there? The I guys from Paul. Yep, exactly. So let's hear from our sponsor. <laughs> That's that Hawaiian burger, John. It's big. It's juicy. <laughs> it's fresh. It's what? the big kahuna burger. You want this in your life. You need this in your life. It's the most meat you'll ever need in a burger. It's the Big Kahuna, and if that's (laughs) not enough, try the Big Kahuna meal with your choice of fries or chips, plus pineapples, one aside, and your favorite soft drink. Stop by the Big Kahuna restaurant today and treat yourself to all the meat you'll ever need. Music and sound effects provided by Zapsplat.com. I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) All the meat. It's big. I didn't like the way he said that. It made me feel things I did not like. I don't like the way his voice touched me. <laughs> okay. So, uh, speaking of balls, um, we have the basketball. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, so, we got basketball diaries versus the Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, God. see, yeah. wow! For me, because I don't know the, I don't know the the basketball diaries. So for me, it's the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> I mean, oh my God! I love this story. I I literally watched this movie today. I told you guys that before we started. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't even think it's close either. Like it's this. an exaggerated version, oh, but it's a, sure. such a, a it's a true story. It's based on like true events that happen. Like I said, yes, it's exaggerated to to bits and parts of it but like it's a great fucking movie from start to finish and like we know the outcome but it has a jordan belfer has us by the balls from the, the very time. beginning the, the, the whole monologue where they start that off where it's like i start with this to start my day this 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 drug to stop me off this thing to bring me up this thing to bring me down this thing to get yeah. me keep going like <laughs> it was the best way to start like a movie like that just because it from that, it just gave you the understanding of like, oh, we're gonna hit the ground running. Yeah, I mean, this was this was like this was literally for me. This was Scarface meets Goodfellas, like mm-hmm. because the way you know Henry Hill tells the story in Goodfellas, and then just obviously the craziness of Scarface. Like that's how this felt. Like and Scorsese, I mean, again, tells these stories with the 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 you know the narration from the character and. Leo just literally just going for it in this in this oh, world. Yeah. I mean, he just mm-hmm. has so much fun being this fucking crazy right. drug. <laughs> like it's also like insane. if you if you had the like the sheer luck to go get into that market when in at that time oh, yet booming at that time, like 
you got to imagine just about anyone would probably in the New York at that time would have probably been down the same path he was. Oh, yeah. And one of my favorite scenes in that movie is him and McConaughey at lunch because McConaughey pulled out the fucking dance. Well, he didn't know Mm -hmm. that wasn't in the script and he didn't know he was going to do that. So if you watch that scene, there's literally like little, like right, they cut right before like Leo like loses it. Like he's about to lose it laughing. Oh, yeah. Because Leo's like, the fuck is going on here? But it's actually perfect though because Jordan wouldn't even expect something like that to begin with because he's just fresh out of college. So to pull that, that actually fits in with Jordan's character, though, for that time that he got out of college. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I really, again, like I said, I watched this movie today, so it's fresh in my mind. And man, it's such a well done movie and story. I mean, I can continue to talk, but what was the Basketball Diaries about? Please explain. Okay. So actually, it's basically about this kid in his teenage years. He's actually uh, promising high school. He's a promising high school basketball player. Yeah, he's like, and he's a writer who develops an addiction to heroin. Yeah, you're muted. At what age? Oh, he's probably 16 or something. Yeah, 16. Fucking mainlining at 16. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, it's it's a crazy. It's a roller coaster of a movie. Um, and it's a good story. It is a good story. Um, very emotional. Yeah. Oh, too. Super emotional. And uh, again, it's not a rewatch for me. It's not one of those watch rewatchable movies. You know what I mean? It's like I could put on Wolf of Wall Street and watch the just watch that movie like from beginning right. to end every time, no matter what. So right, and just to go back off of you guys though too, like Basketball Diaries, I like, but even when it's on TV, I'm like, oh, Basketball Diaries is on, I have to watch this. Me, I have to. Uh, whenever I see Wolf of Wall Street, I'm like, oh my god, Leo's gonna be sniffing the uh, cocaine <laughs> off someone's ass. Oh my I god, I have to watch <laughs> this for the opening so Margot then, Robbie is really good too in this. Yeah, in She's and really good. I love Margot Robbie in this movie. This is the chemistry between the both of them is just fantastic. I will say she, her feet just keep getting more and more screen time for his movies. Oh man, yeah, yeah, more Scorsese, yeah, yeah. I, you know what though? Like then there's also that one part though too where it feels like a little bit of Harley and a little bit of Joker though too. Where he goes, and daddy's not gonna get anything from mommy. Oh. And then, and, just, and then my favorite part where Leo turns that thing around and he goes, Well, guess what, mommy? What's going on over there with Mr. Bear? Doing the freaking, um, yeah, pointing at the camera. And he's like, Say hi to Rocco, Rock. <laughs> it's so funny. I love it. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Leo is, again, I think I think the story is great, but I think it's really fun to just see him, like, have fun while he's doing, but giving a great performance still. Like, right. Really- and then him, uh, whenever he has the yacht as well, and he's high as hell on, with the, oh on the yacht. No, dude, that scene with his, with them in the office, and they're talking about uh, the, the the target thing, and yeah. then they get, and then the dad walks in, and Jonah Hill just giving the dad shit is one of the fucking funniest things ever. And he's like, he's gonna kill you. Shut up, <laughs> to Jonah Hill. It's just little and scenes then, like that. And again, they're not like you know super. I in think depth, but they're just so fun. One of the underrated scenes that I love in that movie is when the FBI agent first comes to talk to him on the yacht. Oh and God. like you can, it's that game of cat and mouse yep. where like the dude's like, I can't get you right now, but I fucking know it all. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to get you. And he just starts right. throwing like, oh, hey, Lobster. here's your, 
Here's your lobster money. Here's your fucking pension. I call plan. it fun coupons. I call them fun coupons. That's what he said. Like, Here's your They're yearly salary. <laughs> I call it fun coupons. He just starts. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> that and then there's also that one thing where um, there's two scenes. I uh, there's other scenes I like in this one though too. Where when where he thinks that he made it home safely. Oh my god, yes. Oh, from from the the golf course and the yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Him going down the stairs, dude, is one of the funniest oh. things you will ever watch. That and when they're watch. finally showing, uh, like when they're explaining how Quaaludes work, mm-hmm. and he's yeah, <laughs> oh the Donnie scene, yeah, remember the Donnie scene? Yeah, that's yes, Madden. Just slams the fucking shoe down. Oh my god! So so and then fun. there's also the other thing where both of them are on the floor. Yes. <laughs> and he goes, "I'm gonna kill you." Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! He grabs the phone cord, <laughs> trying to strangle with the phone cord. Oh my god! Do it. <laughs> and then his own Jordan's father's like, "Look, you have to take a break from the company." And- I ain't fucking leaving. I ain't fucking leaving. I don't want to. Love it, hey, go fucking <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Yeah. But yeah, Wolf of Wall Street, hands down. We gotta do yeah. a review on this one, guys, when oh, we man. get a chance. Anytime. Anytime okay. for that movie. <laughs> okay, so we already got Leo. Well, you know what? Leo has no match against, <laughs> against the Basketball Diaries. He's sniffing cocaine off someone's ass. Okay. He's married to Margaret Robbie. Cocaine's better than heroin. I was gonna say... Is. Cocaine off of ass crack is better than heroin. <laughs> Just what a drug. What a drug. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Leo winds up beating out Basketball Diaries. And then, sorry, Basketball Diaries, write it down that you got your ass handed to you. Uh, so now <laughs> so now we got Inception versus the Man in the Iron Mask. Man. I don't know where to start with this one. Uh, first gut reaction, I would say um, Inception, but I, I, I can't say Man in the Iron Mask is is bad movie though. So. It's not a bad movie, but <laughs> how would you movie. rate it as your rank it as your rewatchable though? Yeah. This is the, so this is the thing, storytelling wise, it's Inception captivate. It's another one that kind of captivates you, and it kind of has you guessing. You can't really. This is one that you're just like. You're trying to understand as you go. It kind of reminds me of Interstellar in a way where you're just like you're you're grasping at straws throughout the entire movie and it just it, it keeps you engaged. Um you know what I mean where the don't get me wrong the man in the iron mask is a great is a is a good movie but I think more what catch you in that movie is more of just like the action sequences. It's not more of it's not more or less like the story per se but it's right you know, the overall arcing of like, oh, it's the Three Musketeers continued. You know what I mean? It's like there's these other additives to it. And I will have to say that is one of the one of the few movies he's done where I think he's the one that carries the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where the movie isn't really up to par with him. Mm-hmm. Right. So like the script wasn't as as good. The script yeah. wasn't as good as he well, makes the movie better than it is. Almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I do agree with. It seems like the other characters are just secondary, and Leo is out front and center because not only does he have to play, pull off, he has to play off two roles here. He's got to play yeah. off his an asshole brother, walks yeah. away his other brother, and try to find a balance between playing off both of them. And we're not talking about performance or anything. I'm just saying about 
the stuff he has to do. Yeah. But the direction, yeah, yeah. though, is how quick paced this film is. Yeah. And it's only as, and also too, the world building within this is also kind of small in a sense to the point where it's like it's not gigantic enough to where it's like, oh my God, we have to try and save th- this man in the Iron Mask who's from this asshole brother who put him down in the dungeon. I don't know how you guys might feel about this, but I'm this kind of movie reminds me of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, where it's a I wouldn't yeah. say it's a bad movie at all, but it's and and I can rewatch it, but it's also just not um it's not the best movie I've ever seen. It's not a movie you, you're gonna be like, Oh, I have to go watch that again. Yes. Right. Yeah, right. And, and the you thing know, with Inception too that I think is really impressive is that is a movie you can rewatch, even though it has a weird like, you know, you understand, or sometimes you do, sometimes you don't understand what the frick is going on. But, like, you know, like Sixth Sense is hard to rewatch because you once you know, you know. So, you know, yeah, kind of like that. Where this one was, no, I need to watch this movie a couple times to really catch everything that's going on in this movie. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think for that reason, too, I would give it over. Um, because Inception is just such a really crazy like idea. In, the way they have to, you know, um, anchor themselves, and, and so they know what world is real, what world isn't. And holy crap, man! That freaking hallway scene where it's spinning and the run. Oh, oh yeah, that movie that's so great. But yeah, I like the idea of a dream within a dream, and then not sure if they're even dreaming with the different. And also, too, you have uh, Hans Zimmer playing Time, which is actually one of my favorite scores in the soundtrack, okay. and. You also have that whole entire buildings fl- uh, falling down as they're doing the fight scene. The choreography is really good. And you're also invested into this thing, too. But even then, you go to the very end of this thing, right? And you're wondering about the, plot, the twist or whatever and stuff like that, too, you know? So it has that rewatchability of, like, what did I miss, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree. I think, I, like I said, I, I, I will definitely watch Inception before I would watch Man of the Iron Mask. And again, I don't think it's Same. really a put down to the Man of the Iron Mask more than it's just Inception's just so good. You know, it's it's just hard. Yeah, Because it's like The oh. Matrix. You know, Matrix is one of those movies where you, I mean, at least now I know all the little things, you know, that they're doing. But I can still watch The Matrix and and really have fun with that movie even knowing everything about it that i know i think inception's the same way i think so too in that sense so i'm sorry for man in the iron mask you know um they came out they tried to play they tried to score from under um with inception they're just gonna have to dream a little bit harder because if you build it they will come (laughs) so And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, with a little bit more practice, a little bit more up with them, I think that they'll be able to pull out for next year. So, <laughs> unfortunately, I mean, in the Iron Mask is just not going to do it. Nope. So, next we have what's eating Gilbert great versus Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't know where to begin. <clears throat> that's what, That's how I feel about it. I mean, I don't know where to begin. Uh, this is probably the <laughs> toughest decision we have had yet. Um, I think young Leo's performance in What's Eating Gilbert Great might be one of the best performances he's had in his entire life. Um, it is. Um, touching Johnny Depp pairing with him is absolutely amazing. The whole, uh, you know background storytelling of it i think is awesome and it's heart-wrenching gut-wrenching yeah 
Yeah. I don't know, man. And then, like I said, uh, yeah. Right. Because but here's I the thing. I love the way he retells that story of Sharon Tate. I'm sorry. Once upon a time is what I'm talking about. Like, yes. I love the way Tarantino just sort of takes a story and says, yeah, but what if? What if? Like, you know, he does it with uh, Inglorious Bastard, you know, like, or uh, not Inglorious Bastards. Um, yeah, he does it with Inglorious Bastard. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, right. Like just weird stuff that he does with with movies. I really love that. A hundred percent. Especially when he does like that, like Django, like we talked about, how he just takes a time period or, or something and says, "No, what if this happened instead?" Like, and he's so good at it. So yeah, storytelling wise, I think I have to go with Once Upon a Time, even though I think. Gilbert Grape might be the better movie overall. Maybe. And I don't know. Here, I don't know. Here's the thing with me. Okay. So I love what's eating Gilbert Grape. I watch it every single time it comes on direct TV. This is what makes it hard because it is rewatchable. Absolutely. The damn movie is rewatchable. It is. The fact that with Johnny Depp playing the older brother, wanting yep. to get away from his crazy <sighs> family, but can't get away from his family because he's worried about Gilbert. And my favorite quote from that film is, "Yeah, but what are you? What about you? What about your happiness?" Yes, it's what it's so relatable in yeah. any situ- in anyone's life. It's so yeah. relatable. You don't have to be going through it. It's just sometimes you just need to think, "What about you?" Right. And when it's, once upon and it's a time, a hard thing to do what he did playing, you know, an uh, autistic. Yes, it's it's it was hard. That's not an easy role to play. No, and he really did nail it. I mean, there is no doubt he nailed it. Between climbing up on that water tower, oh man, to the tree. climbing a tree. the tree and stuff is, oh, is, is so it's, yeah, just oh my god. But he's really funny. Yet. He's really charming too. Like he's right. not like you know, it, 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 yeah. It's it's very yeah, very good. And I'm a. I have a stepson that's autistic, and and all I and I think of Leo and how charismatic Leo is, stuff yeah. like that too, and how innocent he is. It's just the innocence of 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 a kid that had that's going through this and, and not has mention, no, and not self aware. I was just saying, just not to mention that came out in a time where autism wasn't really you know not that it wasn't known, but it wasn't as understood as, right. as well. So. For them to really, you know, kind of take it seriously, and 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 you know, I, I, again, I just think it's a great performance by him. I, I think did, it's really great. But as far as story direction goes, too, um, now I'm gonna look, go back over to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, too, because it's hard to relate to Sharon Tate. It's hard to relate to these characters because I'm not a stuntman. I'm not an actor. I'm yeah, not, yeah, yeah. and that's also another thing is relatability opposed to rewatchability for this one. Oh, I don't but, know. You had the flamethrower at the end. You also had that crazy scene where Brad Pitt throws a Coke can at someone. And yeah. it's you have a just fake fight. Bruce Lee. What are you talking about? I was going to say, you have a fake you fight Bruce between Lewis. Bruce Lee and Brad Pitt. Like, so it's great. kind of fucking amazing. It's so great. So, you know, you had that stuff going on. And then the soundtrack itself for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This is Quentin Tarantino's love story to Hollywood. This is a what if story. <clears throat> Like in Glorious Bastards, like Don mentioned. Yeah. Personally, <laughs> I think it might be like my top three Tarantino movies. Oh, easily. Oh, mm-hmm. like <clears throat> I, for sure. Do I want to go with so- something that is relatable and rewatchable? To question my own. I don't think this point can be understated either, or uh, uh, undersold either. It gave us one of the greatest memes ever. Yes, true. 
Yep. Gave us one of the greatest memes. That, yeah, that, that's one of the, because that's exactly how everything. You know, oh, right. Like, got, like, the whistle and all. So, right. It's so perfect. Because so anytime you see it, you hear the whistle. The, yes. Yes. <laughs> So yes. what are you two gonna go with? I I I'm personally gonna go with uh what do you call? Um Once Upon uh, a Time. Yep. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. The acid cigarette, with... the smoke is fucking oh amazing. God. Well, I was actually gonna the go with scene, uh, the cult scene is so great. When he goes to the cult, it's so fucking great. Yeah, like, the cult so thing funny. was crazy. Hilarious, man! Like all of that stuff is just yeah, it's so funny. And you see, I was actually going to go with what's eating Gilbert Grape, but you know it's two to one. So listen, I was I, I sold Gil- just, I sold it, but I just I can't understand it, no. how much that movie is like one of my like I said right. one of my top three. It's like this um, Reservoir Dogs, um, fucking oh god, and Pulp Fiction. Obviously, right? Yeah, Paul Fiction's up there for you. Yeah, like, it's good. literally those three movies are my top three. Okay. Well, uh, sorry, Le- Leo. Uh, so, sorry. sorry, we don't sorry, Leo. Congratulations, Leo. We just want to see sorry, Leo. Leo whipped your ass. I'm sorry, so, Leo. This one's more about watching Brad Pitt beat people. Yes, because he has abs and he's sweating on top of a roof. So, yeah. Exactly. Listen, why I watch it is my own concern. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so they played a good game. I have to say, this was a nail biter. Mm. This was one that was actually almost going to be to a slight edge to uh, to uh, to Mr. Gilbert Grape, but unfortunately, Gilbert, you're going to have to play a little bit tougher uh, for next season. It does feel wrong that Gilbert Grape did not get to the second <laughs> round. I will say that it feels it wrong. feels dirty. It feels it dirty. Does feel wrong. <laughs> He tried. He tried. But you know, just that flamethrower. It just it just did the job. It definitely that- did. It hundred percent did. <laughs> so now Leo's gonna be trying to run into the home plate with catch me if you can. Or t- for his touchdown for catch me if you can. And he's might be flying there with the aviator. Uh, which is a Howard Hughes document. Uh, okay, look, aviator. he goes toe to toe with Tom Hanks when he's about twenty four years old, twenty three uh-huh. years old. Yep. Um, this is one, in my opinion, it's the best Leo movie. I just I love this movie so much. Um, I have watched this movie probably a hundred times. I'm not me too. Me. This is my wife has uh, watched. My wife and I watched uh, it a couple of weeks ago. This and she's never seen one. it. Oh man! Oh, so man. I was. I said I envy you right now because yes. I'm going to introduce you to this. This is the definitely scene where one he that gives him the wallet in the hotel room and makes him think that he's there investigating. <laughs> Dude, it's so perfect. Like it's so well. Just done. the whole Everything. him taking the 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 toy uh, planes and peeling the stickers off them yes. and putting them on the Pan Am. Like yeah, it's just and like you said, this cannot be understated enough. I think this is. Like you said, Tom Hanks going against Leo in like probably the peak of their careers. You know what I mean? Hanks for sure. Like (laughs) this is right when Leo's really starting to get off as a leading actor as himself, and like, and I said this goes to show you how well of it, how well he does it, because like you said, they're both in scenes and they both captivate you. Yeah, and him and him taunting him the whole time and just you know calling him and. Like in the middle of the night and just being like, I miss my, like, just create like stuff like that. He's just so good. And I mean, come on. Christopher Walken as his dad, 
perfect. Oh, yeah. That was brilliant. Absolutely that was brilliant casting. Perfect. Yes. So just again, I, I just I think I just love this movie so much and I, I can't not pick it. I just can't not pick it. So. Um, another thing that I want to mention about Catch Me If You Can, though, is this. I like it when basically he pretends to Leo pretends to be a teacher and, yes. you know, and he's teaching the class for like the last three weeks. Yeah. And then he also watches his dad try to pick up on women, though, too. He goes, oh, look at this. It must have slipped off your neck. Yeah. Oh, it, it must it must have. Oh. I love it. Yeah, I love that. Then he gets a job being a lawyer, a doctor. Yeah. And all it is Crazy. so damn good. It's literally the, the best definition of fake it till you make it. Yes. Like, and, and then I mean he changes his name to Barry Allen. Yeah. Oh, totally. That's yeah. It's hilarious. It's awesome. It is. And and, and look, I, I've seen the aviator a couple times. I wouldn't say it's you know something I go back and rewatch either. I think that's another issue I would have with, with this movie against Catch me I think I've seen it twice, whereas Catch yeah. Me If You Can, I've seen, like you said, I don't even know how many times. Yeah, I have no idea. So I, I just, I, I think it's just a more entertaining, fun movie with them, especially with them. And too. the craziest thing is, like, normally, I don't know how you guys feel. Most of the time, especially if I, if it's a historical or like I know the outcomes of the movie, it's not that it doesn't still get me. But like this again, it's just so like again, cat and mouse playful, like almost Tom yes. and Jerry esque, but adult like. You right. know what I mean? Where it's just Is like wondering oh, what the insane thing he's going to come up with next. Like yeah, what's he going to yeah. do? like what scheme is he cooking up what scheme is he cooking up to catch him like it's just a whole bunch of like what's gonna happen and it's just it's perfect i i think catch me if you can definitely is the and on top of that dude like the other thing that i liked is too when he pretends to be an fbi agent in front of tom hanks he goes man we just look you just missed your chance and everything i winded up catching him before you did and everything we have him in the back of the police car this was his typewriter. Go ahead, take a look around, see what you think of it. Um, what, what we have here, here, here's my ID, here's my, here's my wallet. You can look at. Uh, well, he forgets his wallet. He goes, son, you, you forgot your wallet. He goes, it's okay, I trust you. He goes, just hold on to it for me. Okay, and I'll be right back. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of the great. It really is one of the best scenes in the movie, and obviously, it's a pivotal scene in the movie because it's the first time we really see them together. Yeah, um, but you really there's a, just the moment or just that oh, feeling of like oh, <laughs> football game <laughs> uh, probably someone else didn't like our choices apparently know, right? <laughs> but it is that feeling of like oh he has it like there's no way he gets away here there's no and that's exactly way. what tom hanks said when he was gonna try and get out. <laughs> love it that's so funny that's so funny but uh, yeah, Catch Me If You Can is definitely going to be uh, going into the second round. Sorry, Aviator. You're just in, you ran out of gas and you crashed. And uh, and I'm sorry, you just burnt out. And he flew so, four planes. Yep. So we'll be going ahead and just do this. That scares me. What are you going to do? Okay. So we've got coming into this Gangs of New York versus the Wolf of Wall Street. Oh my God. <laughs> here. Get out of here. Oh, man. Can't hear you over there. I don't know. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Gangs. I mean, again, I mean, I, I think if I'm going with rewatchability, it's Wolf of Wall Street because I can just watch that movie. <laughs> okay. Over over All right. This is where we need to not get rewatchability. I, I think, think so. Right. Yeah. This is where it comes down to what we're here for the story. 
the direction of it and all of this. Okay, so okay, then vote, okay, so vote against Jordan Belfort's story and directed by Mark Bushley <sighs> arguing against it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying these are the deciding things we need to think of. <laughs> no, I get it because I'm with you on this one. This is this is super hard. Um, hmm. It's also like so different of movies. I mean, I know they all are, but it's just, they're just so dynamically different. Like, uh, I mean, man. I don't know. Um, what do you okay. got, John? I really want to know what you think about this. Yeah, one. you're quiet over there too. I we're, know. I don't like the we're babbling out. buffoons. Yeah, I'm letting over you here. guys battle it out first, okay? So that's. Oh <laughs> um, man, yeah. I mean, okay. Right, one, Wolf I will Street, say, Wolf of Wall Street. That's what. Okay. <laughs> That's impulsive. I'm just kidding. All I'm saying is, uh, Gangs of New York, the story was very well told between a great cast of people. Not saying that Wolf of Wall Street didn't have a great cast, but the range of people that they had on this. You had Leo, you had Daniel Day-Lewis, John C. Riley, Cameron Diaz, Brendan Gleeson. Like, I mean, we had an amazing array of people and this story was told from multitude of angles. Mm-hmm. This was a story not just told from one person's perspective about one person's life, not saying that obviously they mentioned other people's life, but this was The Wolf of Wall Street was a one person story. This was the story of Jordan Bell. Yeah. Gangs of New York is a story telling you all about, like we said, the deliberations and the startings of all these different historical gangs in New York. I'm no. I I hate to do this, but I'm going to have to argue gangs of New York. You're from New York. You're biased. <laughs> I'm from Boston, so... Wolf of Wall Street's in New York, too. I'm joking. They're both in New York. Okay. That's so, true. Okay, so I'm going to go on ahead and state my opinion, though, too. For Gangs of New York, for me, it's a better story okay. because of the fact of the slow pacing and because of the fact that you're don't, the whole entire lead-up to the very end where all the gangs are fighting against each other, but you also have all those other sides, too, of each person and their perspectives of things, though, too. So then you're wondering what's going to happen with all, all these main characters from each game as well. So yeah. you have that lead up, the slow build with Leo sniffing cocaine off of someone's ass and then it going quickly down um, down the way it does and everything it's a two and a, a two and a half hour movie but it's very speedy in a sense to where it feels like an any other kind of uh thing with the start market and everything it could actually probably feel like something that you would actually get from that 1980s movie with <laughs> uh what's that 19 uh, that movie that uh Shia LaBeouf made that was actually a sequel to the 1980s film of the stock market and stuff like that. Is that the one with Michael Douglas and uh, Yeah, with Michael Douglas. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. I think it was yeah. I think it was Wall Street. Wall Street. Oh, yeah, Wall thank Street you. Yeah, yeah. So basically if you think about it though, you could put anyone in this movie. But no one can do it like Leo. Well, or anything. I, oh, but okay. and also let's be real here, the wardrobe is way better. Yep. The top hats are A1. Yep. For sure. 
John C. Riley is amazing in that movie. And the too. stunt work. So good. The axes, everything in this yeah. movie just throws. Yes, I like All I right. said. I I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I kind of have to agree with you guys on that. I, I do think it's a better story. And again, it's it's so much more theatrical. It's a better, yeah. like, overall, uh, uh, like I said, uh, it's too... Wolf of Wall Street is, uh, I guess, the what takes me out of it. It's so realistic, and we know how much, how m- mostly all of it's, you know, pretty much relatively accurate. Whereas, like, Gangs of New York is so theatrical, and so it ca- captivates you the entire time. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, again, it's hard to it's hard to vote against cocaine off uh, of hookers assholes, but. Fine, if we have Take to. It no, no, I'm joking. <laughs> so, no, it, it, I, I do yeah. think you're right, though, guy. I do think I do have to agree with you. Yeah. Okay. So, Wolf of, uh, Gangs of New York beats out the Wolf so. of Wall Street. Stock market crashed. Sorry, guys. Uh, so, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood versus Django Unchained. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> You want to watch the world burn. Yes, you just you know, some people, people just love to watch, watch the, the world burn. burn. That is oh you. my god. Okay. Oof. Now this is a tough one. Holy shit. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. Two Tarantino Holy. movies going head to head. Two amazing Tarantino, Two Tarantino films. I've said it before and I have to stand on it. I'm going to die on it. Uh uh what do you call it? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because it's I mean it's uh fuck, I don't know. Oh, this is... I don't know, because I will say that I think he... As much as I do love the story of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the fact that he tackled this time period and really, like, tackled this time period and didn't hold back, I think was really, like, that was really amazing to him, for him to do. And he did it tastefully. Like, because even Samuel Jackson was like, how do you do this movie without using the dialogue of the time? And, you know, so... Oh, man, it's so hard to not... Pick or or to pick, I should say. Um, I think I might go with Django actually over Once Upon a Time. I really, yeah, I think I would. But that's the, it's hard because they are neck and neck, mm. I think, story wise. I don't think one is like miles no. above the other. As far okay, as no, they're on the same playing field. This is like yeah. this is Super Bowl right here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, here is my one argument, and this is what I'm going to die on. I say it is uh, what do you call it? Once Upon a Time in Wall Street because. A oh, Wall Street? Uh, yeah, Once Upon a Time in Wall Street. <laughs> once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That Tarantino movie. <laughs> once Upon a Time in Hollywood because Tarantino has a better Western, The Hateful Eight. Oh, man. Uh, you, I, 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 it is a better I, one. It is a better yeah. one. way better Western, and it is so fucking good. The extended version. So I'm sorry. I have to die on this hill. It is a the better story goes to, for me, Once okay. Upon a Time in Hollywood. Don, is um, Django your final answer, though? Yeah, I still think I'm going to say Django, but damn, that's a good point. (laughs) Okay. I will say that. So, for me and everything, I love Once Upon a Time in... uh, I was almost going to say Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm about to lose. I feel it. He started with mine, because that means he's going to go with Django. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go with Django. Sorry, man, you're just going to have to die on that hill where your brick wall is that you have over there. Just another brick <laughs> in the wall. Look, we just, we just took out a uh, Leo and Jonah Hill movie. We're not taking out another one, okay? It's all I'm going to say. <laughs> right. 
We got to save Jonah Hill. We got to save with Leo. So, <laughs> but come on, you can't deny with that one scene with Leo taking his hand, like you said, and wiping his hand on the on. The, oh man, it's a great scene. And then so a spaghetti western. It's it's basically one of those films that feel like Grindhouse kind of feel to it though too. And it's over the top. Is so satisfying at the end. Like I know Tarantino always gives us satisfying endings, but. There is nothing more satisfying than Django standing there. Like even like the way he kills Hitler isn't as satisfying as that. No, no. Do you know what I mean? Because you right. feel like you're with him in that moment. Like you know the the Hitler thing is just add eh, you know everything burns down together. But like you're with Django in that moment as he's getting his revenge. Man, it just feels so satisfying at the end of that movie. <laughs> All right, guys. So are you guys ready for this one? No. Uh, no, probably not. No. The Revenant versus Catch Me If You Can. And I think he did get caught because he is on his deathbed. Yes. <laughs> but I will I, I think this is my only argument for Catch Me If You Can. Or not only argument, but I think this is why I'm going to go with, with Catch Me If You Can. I do think it's a more like enthralling story. I do. Like, I think it keeps you guessing. Oh. I think. You know, just and again, the way they go back and forth, and it's hard, but I do think that it's it's a better story overall as far as uh, storytelling goes in a movie. What about for you, uh, Jason? I don't know. Not easy, man. It's not easy. It's not because The Revenant is a story. Like this is going to come down to. <sighs> I knew the outcome of Catch Me If You Can, but it was still enticing. and yeah. still rewatchable. Yeah. Did not know the outcome of The Revenant is a great movie. Um, I'm going to go Revenant for the sole purpose of cinematography and the storytelling of, the, like like we said, the way that they use the natural lighting for those scenes yeah. and then also to literally depict the story as the days continued on. Like I said, they had one take for a lot of shots, you know, a day. So you had to work with what you had. It was, I think, very well done the way they did it. And I think I'm going to go with the rep. Okay. Yeah. I don't think there's a wrong answer here, though. I really don't. I, I no, think these movies no. are great. Yeah. Like I this said, is like the it, World Series, really man. Like, uh, you know, yeah. this is like the Super Bowl right here. Like, there's no, these teams are like your A-list teams right now. <laughs> and it's you hate to see difficult. one of these teams go, but one of them has to be eliminated and you'd hate yeah. to, and you hate oh. to see them go. And they've oh. been, and so Don, I, I, you know, I, I know we mentioned Catch Me If You Can and everything, and it's a fun movie. I love the, I love the fun uh, aspect to it, the cat and mouse game and things like that. It's such a fun trip. Then with the Revenant though, you're you feel like you're in the cold. This is actually a perfect time for like a winter type movie to where you're trapped in outside. You have a little bit of lighting. It's very depressing and you're wondering if Leo's gonna make it and everything else. But I'm gonna have to go and catch me if you can. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because I'm out at the end, baby. <laughs> That's so great. That's funny. I, I thought for sure you were going around. I thought for sure you were going around. Hey, I didn't do, hey, I I do feel, it all. I feel like I'm being boycotted over here, guys. <laughs> you're in your own island. I'm like, I'm putting up. No, I, I, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're no, no, arguments no. over here. But no, I, I don't think any of your points were wrong, though. I, I think you spot on okay let's say for the sake of argument like this wasn't the summertime i mean this let's say for instance this was the summertime and everything what movie would i put on 
but I put in something that was cold and depressing and make me feel like I'm in the woods getting attacked by a beer. I don't know. Are you a movie lover? I'm a movie lover, yeah. But do I want to feel? I want to feel that way during the winter time, not during the summertime. <laughs> I love it. I so it. I want to do something fun, <laughs> you know. In the wintertime, we we're united here, John. <laughs> we are united. It's just that you're united in your own way, in your own special uh, way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really did think you were going to go right up there. I really did. So, well, Jason ended up catching onto my lingo, so I had to pull some some something underneath me. I love it. I love it. So we'll have it be known we've had someone call out Don for the being called slacker. We can continue on now. <laughs> uh, so now we got he strikes the, first with VTOs. <laughs> so now we got the departed versus inception. Oh, wait, what is it? Wait, wait, run that by me again. The departed versus inception. Oh, this hurts. The departed. I, I'm yeah. not even. It's I'm most not quotable. Even. I'm gonna have to go with Jason on this one. It's the most quotable movie. Uh, I, can't that soundtrack. I can't argue against it. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's I quote probably, that movie almost all the time when people when so yeah. If anyone says they haven't seen The Departed, it's like we have <laughs> right? to like we can't continue this conversation until you right. watch. It's Departed. like Paulie from Good uh, from The Sopranos. Like, okay, I gotta walk off. Yeah, literally. It's like this and uh, what do you call it? Boondock Saints. You haven't seen those two movies. Yeah. We must convene at another time. Right. Oh, Donnie so, Brasco is good for me. Donnie Brasco is amazing. I yeah. love Donnie Brasco. Forget about But it's no, yeah, like 100%. Just We said it earlier, just the way the entire story unfolds. You can watch that movie every time, and I'm sorry, you do not fucking see... You, there is not even an iota of a hint that Mark Wahlberg is going to come in at the end of that fucking movie yeah. and just clean house. I'm like, I've tried to figure out, like, I've, I've watched it umpteen million times. I've tried to see if there's a tell that he knows something, if he's like working, there's nothing. And to fucking see it happen, you're just like, what the fuck? Yep. So no, it's, it's, it's great. It gets it me. It's an amazing movie. All, like you said, you can quote it just about all the way fucking through. Yeah. How's your mother? She's tired from fucking my father. <laughs> my other thing is when they order the uh, dessert, because I swear, how do you fucking eat this thing? <laughs> I swear, I'm going to fucking shoot it. Oh, I don't know whether to fucking stab it or shoot fuck it. Yourself. Like, but the thing is, when it, when, like, I, my gut wants to say uh, Inception, but I do think that I I, I, got, I think I got Inception agree. is yeah. an amazing movie. It's, it is. Yeah, it's very yeah. well, but it's also the the thing is I think it's a great movie, but it's engaging and you have you like you you have to pay attention to it. Yes, you must yeah. pay attention. At least Whereas with the, the Departed, you can have it on his background noise, come back and understand what's going on with it. Oh yeah, and you won't and have no problem with it. Every single person who says a line in that movie is gold. Like yeah, there is yes. not a single person who doesn't deliver in that movie. So uh, Jack Nicholson, like you said, is a a one in this. You've got um, why can't Alec I Baldwin. think of yeah. Alec Baldwin? Yes, but who the chief's name? You said um, I Charlie Sheen. Not Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen's uh, dad. Sheen. Yes, Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Yeah, Martin Sheen. Like, Martin Sheen. I mean, it's just all around such an amazing movie and you would think that after two hours you would get annoyed of the boston accent but you don't no no you you have anthony anderson in this movie as well too uh you know and you're not not sure how if leo and him are going to connect back again 
Mm-hmm. Uh, because until like the very end, and then when you think that Leo's gonna get away with everything, and he's uh, this was me rooting for him. Like, yes, Leo finally makes it through a whole entire movie without dying. And I said that just as he got in the elevator, and that tension is built. Then yep. all of a sudden, the guy shoots him in the head. I'm like, son of a bitch. bitch. <laughs> and again, like part one of the things is like the scene where. Uh, that they kind of improvised almost, but Jack Nicholson like basically reworked the scene where him and Frenchie kill the 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 husband and wife on the beach, and yeah. all he the the scene is just it felt she funny. fell funny, <laughs> like and like it, I I remember listening into the interview. It just keeps with, going though, and it's so funny. Yes, and it's but it's just like it's things like that where it's just like Jack Nicholson. They they had such free range to work with this film and you could tell each actor put like a little scent of themselves into each one of these roles yeah no, I, yeah I, again i don't yeah I, I think i have to go with you guys on this for sure yep. i don't think it's so hold on one sec i gotta do this Uh-oh, now what do we got I, i'm not i'm not done hold on uh, <laughs> I, because i'm having to do this for like the finals yeah make another thing up because we're almost there guys we're almost there okay so right now we're in the semi-finals i'm getting ready to be in the semi-finals okay so now this is it guys this is it we have Django unchained versus catch me if you can Oh God, damn. Django! Oh. Django! <laughs> I don't think I have an argument for it this time. Yeah, I, I think I gotta go Django. With Django. There's yeah. no Django for me as well. There's like it no ifs ands or buts. It's a better story. Yeah, I really. Yeah, I, I would say it's a better movie. But again, see I, now I, it comes down. It's clear and decise. You can't. But the thing is, no it arguments. still is my favorite movie. But I will yes. say Django is better. A better movie overall. Like I will. I can't admit that. So okay, yeah, I, I, I I agree. I think Django. Okay, now. We got Gangs of New York yep. versus the versus the Departed. So now we got Boston Red Sox versus Yankees. <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna let you two fight this one out because I'm from Baltimore, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so what you got for me, Jay? I don't know if I can argue this one. Wow. I don't know if I can argue this one. Gangs of New York is an amazing movie. It's well done. The story is awesome. I just, I personally do love. The Departed more than I do love Gangs of New York. It's just yeah. that it's a right now. You have to go with what we what you love versus because the story right now we're at a point where all story is yeah stories are yeah yeah we're not gonna get yeah this is like the <laughs> climax for us. This is like <laughs> yeah yeah. I mean, if I again, I think if I had to pick on this one, I, I'm going Departed for sure. Yeah, yeah, so, I'm going Departed. It's just so much of a more rewatchable movie, like you guys said, quotable. I mean, just everything about it's so much fun. So now it's head to head: Django Unchained versus The Departed. This is this is it. Ridiculous. This is the Super Bowl. This is stupid. <laughs> Oh, I don't want to. Oh. Can, can we just can I do a white flag and tie it? Um, okay. So story, story out of, out of the question. Just honestly, more fun, more rewatchable, more like. Just I want to watch this movie again and again and again. Yeah, Departed. I, th- I think Departed just went just beats it out just slightly because again, mm. I don't think Django and Chain is not a, a, a rewatchable movie. I, it's absolutely rewatchable. I mean, I've definitely seen it more than ten times. But the Departed, man, it's again like we just talked about. It's just so good. Uh... Django Unchained is... The thing is, it has quotable lines in it. It has oh, they both lines. do. 
They both yeah, do. This that's, is the that's thing. the point I'm making. So, like, it's my, such a hard call. I yeah. think so. Like oh, I can't even say the diversity of the cast because both casts are just absolutely Amazing. phenomenal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm like I'm trying to grasp at straws here. Um, well, Music-wise, though, too, you have to oh, look at yeah. and cinematography. I, man. Cinematography. Okay, if we're gonna do cat, all right. Categories. We're talking about Quentin Tarantino. We're talking about Marshall Scorsese. Yeah, this is actually I mean, where we go Academy Award thinking kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, cinematography. I give it to Django. Mm-hmm. I think set so, designs I were set designs were beautifully done. Yeah, they really made you feel like you were back in you know that time period. Yeah. Um, even costumes and all that shit, just way better. Because I mean, it's not just suit and ties and just casual dress work. We could have been in The Departed. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it, it's just it was very well done on that part with that um, story and uh, plot. Yeah, I. I I'm not picking one over the other. I'm, I'm just not. They're, they're, they're both amazing. Again, a, a level. To. <laughs> but I'm just saying they're both A-level right. stories. It's just kind right, of, right, right. I think that's just kind of a, a they tie. You know what I mean? Almost. Right, you're right. I hate that I'm going to say this, but I think if we're going truly Academy Award winning criteria and standards, you have to, like, real, like, not even realistically, just personally, you have to. I'd have to say Django because the overall, like, like I said, we're going overall categories. The, the, the music was not, you know, it was some original soundtracks. It was some old soundtracks. Um, just the, 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 the mix as well of old music and new music in this movie and the revenge amazing. plot too the revenge plot and i think yeah. also the story between like the one thing we haven't talked about like Christoph not even Waltz. just uh, leo is uh who what did you say christoph waltz we didn't talk about yes either. this and is jamie what i'm saying Fox. like jamie fox and him were such a great duo and when he dies at the end dying on the hill that he believes in is just it's such a crazy scene to witness because you just, you know what that man was to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, That, that saloon scene at the very beginning when they first meet and he takes them to that saloon and they're just mm -hmm. having that conversation. That's such a great scene. Just that, just them talking back and forth, man. And him just like, I see you as an equal, like, I'm not the rest of these people. Yeah, I just I, I love that scene. I think and great. and another thing that I'm gonna say is there were in The Departed. I feel like it was a lot of fast paced scenes between amazing actors who can all hold their own. Yeah. Um, Django was a lot more drawn out, lengthy scenes that had maybe two to three people in them. You know, there was a lot more character interactions. There was a lot more. Um, you know, dealings with the characters you got to, whereas like, don't get me wrong in the departed, you got to know everyone, but also you didn't know anything about fucking Alec Baldwin's character. You didn't know anything about fucking Mark Wahlberg's character. You barely even knew anything about Frenchie's character, you know, whereas in Django, uh, we get to see these characters grow together. Yes. Right. And there's layers to them. The character development is crazy. Right. And not to say that Leo in, um, the departed he didn't he didn't have no uh layers to him because he does because he has to go to psychiatry for all the stuff he's having to deal with going being undercover sure and things like that too 
but that's like the only character that had any kind of layers to him. You know what I mean? And everybody else in Django had layers to them. Even Leo had layers to him, where he's pretending not to be a ball bag at first. Then when that dinner scene comes, and then you realize, too, he also has Django's wife and everything. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, you got to die. You're the asshole in the room and you've got to go. And you feel that anger. You feel that rage that Jamie Foxx has. And you feel that tension between Christoph Waltz trying to stop him from making a bad decision with trying to kill him right away. Mm -hmm. And for me, Django is hands down going to I want to die on that hill with Jason on this one. Because of the fact that Django is, to me is a better film than The Departed. It's like that's what because like I said right what now. What I'm hearing right now is Quentin Tarantino is a better director than Martin Scorsese. That's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> and I you know what? Oh, you know what? I kind of agree. <laughs> I kind of agree because, like I said, if we're going to go all around like rate it like Academy Award winning film, like they are, like. You just have to fucking, you have to go down to it to where it's like toe to toe, like you said, categories. And I just think Django 100% beats more categories than, uh, what do you call it? The Departed does. And I, and I love The Departed. Well, guys. Well, yeah, yeah. Again, there's no bad, there's no bad pick here. I mean, obviously. Um, no, none at all. Yeah. The Departed, you put up a good fight all the way up until the very end. And it now did. this is where we part ways. And you become the departed. Uh, departed. But um, but Django wins the whole entire uh, thing of wow. best Leonardo DiCaprio movies of all time. Not a bad pick, though. It's not no. a bad pick. And, and it's the only one on the list that he's not the star of. Right. <laughs> That's the best part. Right. It's hilarious. You know oh. what, though? We, we just have to give a round of applause to our players. We have to give a round, a round of applause to the ones that came out tonight to be able to fight the good fight and to be able to play the game, play this game. Some were close to winning on that final final round. Some came short. Some got yeah. left behind. Some people were just shut up in the man with the iron mask. And some people were just being lost in their dreams with Inception while also being taken care of by what's eating Gilbert Grape. And then while eating Gilbert, no, I'm not gonna. Wow. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Anyways, we had a tough rap by the end of this. By the end of this, so what did he say? I can't. <laughs> but yeah, we. Uh, so a lot of them, of course, the aviator took off and crashed immediately. Crashed up on top of the Titanic and it sank. So did it, did it hit Rose? You, huh? Did it hit Rose? Yeah, it hit Rose. Right in the. Never mind. Uh so any. <laughs> But anyways, guys, I hope that you guys enjoyed this segment of the best Leonardo DiCaprio movies of all time. We will be doing this again sometime soon. I just have to come up with another uh, ranking list and things like that. And that's actually not a bad idea. I'm down for that. That would be a hard one. Yeah, but we would have to exonate him off of uh, Gilbert Grape since he. Well, no, he'll. Let's go ahead. We'll, we'll, no, no, no. We'll go on and put him back. <laughs> Yeah, Gilbert's, Gilbert Gilbert's coming back, guys. Gilbert Grape gets a second chance. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, guys, this is going to be it as far as the show goes. I thought it was Leroy Jenkins. Soul Glow? No. We had Soul Glow. Yep. Soul Glow. If you know that reference, I love you both. Yes, I of do. Of course I know Soul no Glow. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to be it. Always until next time.